Ladies, when's the last time you treated yourself? Treat yourself. I treated myself to Blow Bainbridge. What is Blow Bainbridge, you may ask? We finally have an awesome blow dry bar here on the island. And they do so much more than just blow drying your hair. They style, they braid, they do extensions, makeup, and so much more. I love it. I got taken care of and had the whole pink carpet treatment by Rachel and her team. And it was awesome. You can check out their pricing at blowmedry.com slash blow b-l-o dash bainbridge.com so please go check out their pricing check out their schedule um, Monday through Friday 9 to 6 Saturday 9 to 7 Sunday 11 to 5 they have memberships that include discounts you get a free blowout on your birthday I mean there's so much that they offered us here on the island and I love them so much and I love leaving blow and feeling absolutely beautiful thank you Rachel and your whole team and go check them out know what people are buying right now? Well, I know what I'm buying right now. It's shoes. It's always shoes. But what other people are buying right now are records, vintage records, vinyl records, new records actually as well. Old records, new records, all the old stuff. It's music, my friends, and it's music in the OG way vinyl. And if you want to find the rarest vinyl, the coolest collection ever, you need to come to Big Dog Records. That's right. Big Dog Records right here on Bainbridge Island on Winslow Way at the Cove. Yep, we have it all. The collections that you just can't find anywhere else, I promise you. And if you're lucky, you might see a big dog in the window as in my dog, Obi. Yep, Obi works the record store almost every day. So come visit Obi, come visit us, and find that rare record that you can't find anywhere else. Can't wait to see you there, Bainbridge Island at the Cove. Hi, Citizen Sister listeners. So this is kind of fun. I'm actually recording from my car um, because that's the journey I'm on. Um, You guys all know if you listened to the last episode that my life right now is a little upside down because I am going back and forth to see my dad at the care home and take care of my mother and all of these things. So I am recording my pre- intro to this extraordinary episode that you're about to listen to from my car. Um, So hello. Oh my gosh, you guys. Amazing, amazing, amazing episode that you're about to listen to. It is none other than the episode that I've been teasing for a long time, the extraordinary Christina Love. She is a superstar in Germany. She's a superstar in the West End. Um, She played Tina Turner in the West End production of Tina Turner the Musical and also the German production was the first European Tina. She is just such an incredible woman and I can't wait for you to listen to all the wisdom that she has to hear about her humble beginnings, the beginnings that really and truly um, 
almost prophetic in the fact that she had such a humble beginning and um, and her journey and her strife and all of the things that led her to be who she is today and that that led her to play somebody on the stage that was so iconic that she could um, really and truly become Tina in the way that she did because of her journey and I can't wait for you to listen to that. I am blown away because I have had this episode um, in like the episode storage unit if you will because I wanted the right time to release it um, because it was so special to me but because I had put it away for so long I really needed to re-listen to it in order to um, give a relevant introduction in real time and I re-listened to it and oh my goodness like I'm I was there I mean I did the interview myself and I was crying, I was laughing, I was like, oh my God, I needed to hear this truth today. Christina Love, I know you're listening to this, um, I just love you so much. I needed this episode today as a reminder about what it is to be on the journey of life and, um, and to remember, you know, to believe in myself you know, and to bet on myself. And I, I, that's a message all of us can take. Bet on yourself and be open to the signs along the way. And, you know, one other, there's so much wisdom in this episode, by the way, you guys, like, I can't even wait for you to hear everything that Christina has to offer to our citizen sister audience. And I just, it's so inspiring and, and, um, motivating and all of those things. But also, um, I just, it was like hearing her journey and remembering that there are all these people that helped her fulfill her destiny and put her on the path, you know, and when you have humble beginnings and, you may not have the means to pursue a dream. It's just such a beautiful thing now um, in her success to look back and to see all the people that helped her get there. And, you know, last week I talked about being a cup filler, uh, you know, the pill that someone can take, you know, to make them feel better, you know, that we can provide that for other people. And just goes to show you that, you know, we can all be a part of somebody's journey. You don't even know. Um, I think it was Oprah that said that Maya Angelou told her, you have no idea what your legacy is because you, you can't possibly see how many lives you've touched and and what where they took that. And so your legacy is so many things. And I, and I have to wonder... Um, whether it's Christina or any, any of us, if the people in our lives that helped us get to where we're, where we are today, um, in our successes or the journey that helped us, uh, realize who we're really meant to be in, in this thing called life. Um, if they even have any idea that they were so significant and, you know, um, those are the stories that blew my mind within her journey on top of, of course, 
all of the Tina Turner journey that she tells us about and you know the wisdom Tina shared with her and playing this iconic figure and um and 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 then industry stuff and and you know we can all relate to this episode whether we are in entertainment or not because it's about pushing ourselves believing in ourselves learning to say no learning to say yes learning to be open to the signs along the way and all the while um being a good person (laughs) and I can speak to that directly about Christina because she is one of the most incredible friends and just somebody who has time and space for everybody and um she you know she leaves me messages all the time when I've gone through different milestones in my life and she just never forgets to you know no matter what her journey has been and all of the ups and downs of anyone's journey but man she she did you know she accomplished a huge great audacious thing to play Tina and to do 21 numbers a night and all of the stuff and you'll hear all about that but even with all that superstardom taking the time to reach out to be a friend to be a sister to be a daughter um I, Christina, I'll never forget, like, when we were in Filtzmus, which is where this was recorded. This was actually recorded in Austria right before she was going back out on the road. And But while she's getting her makeup on and putting her lashes on and we're all getting ready in our hotels and she's, like, loaning me eyelash glue and I went to her door and... <laughs> I can hear her dad's on the other line. She's she's calling her dad, checking up on her dad. And boy, does that feel familiar to me right now. But just making sure that he's okay because he was going through something. And, um, and just being a daughter amongst, you know, putting on a gown. Like being a friend to me and loaning me eyelash glue. Um, cackling with all of us, you know, after the show and having a beer. I mean... It's these things that make her just such a full, real, just sister friend to me. I just, I love it. I, um, I live for real connection like that and, um, and to see the fullness of someone's life outside of just the stage. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I have enjoyed re-listening to it. I want to thank you guys all again for checking in on me and, and sending me all the love after the episode about my dad um, and my family last week. And I really thank you for those messages. Thank you for making Citizen Sister the number one podcast on Bainbridge Island and for tuning in and for all your support. I can't wait for you to listen to this. Let me know what you think. And I'm wishing you all a beautiful, beautiful day. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Stephanie Reese. I'm a singer and an actress, and my career has taken me all over the world. And in my global travels, I discovered I loved a lot more than just being on stage and performing. 
I loved having conversations with people from all walks of life, different cultures, beliefs, different talents and backgrounds, and every time I found what was extraordinary in each and every person I took the time to speak with. From rock star celebrities, Broadway stars, soul singers, politicians, and everyday people like you and me, I'm bringing that to you here on Citizen Sister, where we have the conversations that help us all see how we are connected in the extraordinary and ordinary things in our lives and how that makes us all citizens of the world. This is Citizen Sister. Hello, Citizen Sister listeners. Stephanie Reese here. So great to be back on the podcast once again from Field Smooth. We're doing this remotely. We found a quiet corner. Oh, I know. I just made. It's all right. Oh my God. It's, it's just candid. A, it, yeah, exactly. This we're is, just sitting at the table chilling with everyone, just, having it, coffee. Having coffee, yeah. like, like we do, as we do. Mm. So I am here with Miss Christina Love my friend, my sister, (laughs) up here in Citizen Sister. Um, Christina, Citizen Sister is a podcast that's about um, how we are all connected Mm -hmm. and how we are all connected in global citizens Mm -hmm. because by having conversations and, um, and that, you know, the extraordinary and the ordinary things in life make us connected to one another, even if we are West End superstars. Like oh, God. <laughs> so we always start with a little bit of a background. Um, and so for those of you who don't know Christina Love, I don't know what rock you've been living under. But, <laughs> um, everyone knows about Tina Turner, the musical, and you've done many other things besides that, yes. which we'll also get into. But um, but Christina just finished her West End debut mm-hmm. as Tina Turner in um and but she did it first in Germany mm-hmm. right and that was the first production that there ever was of Tina uh they it was the first non-english production non-english, so yes. the world premiere was in London and okay. so that was actually a great honor because i got to join uh at in the same theater where they did the world premiere of the show oh that's yeah incredible. it was very special and it was also the house where i saw my first west end show 10 years ago oh my gosh yeah and it what was very house full was circle it? where was it the old witch the old witch oh yeah. my gosh yeah oh my god right on the strand yeah. For some reason, I thought they did it in Germany first and not London first. They do that with a lot of shows now, but uh, the first production was in, in London with Adrian Warren, who won the Tony for it on Broadway. Oh, my gosh. And, um, yeah, and after after they put up the show with Adrian, they came over to Germany to cast it there and workshop it after they had uh, taken it to London so they could then get the show ready for Broadway. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, we had a... A slightly different show than they had in London in the beginning because they were continuously working on it. Yeah. Then they took the show to Broadway and then they froze it and then they streamlined it around the world. Oh my gosh. And this yeah. is also during the pandemic. So uh, there yeah, was like a clunky yeah. little bit in there oh, where yeah. the whole world shut down. <laughs> shut down. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing to me. So um, as we said on the YouTube channel, Christina and I met here in Fieldsmoos eight years ago mm-hmm. in Austria, mm-hmm. of all places. <laughs> we were born in Cincinnati, raised in Houston, yes. and also, and then went to school in Oklahoma. Yeah, I went to the University of Oklahoma. Oh my God. So how many years did you live in Cincinnati before you guys moved to Houston? Uh, I was 11. So I was 11 and then my parents divorced and my mom just wanted a new start in yeah. Texas. And then she moved there and yeah, I had um, uh, just an, a 
of rebirth in Texas. Um, Did you always yeah. know you wanted to do musical theater or was it singing that was kind of the through line for you or was it? Well, what? I started singing at the age of two in church and I grew up in a very musical family. So my, uh, my family um, serve in the church and my mother, I grew up watching her um in gospel choirs and my godmother was the leader of the youth choir and, oh my gosh um and also my uh church in cincinnati was uh very well known for having famous gospel acts come through and also going to huge gospel conventions so um donald lawrence he's a ccm grad oh yeah he's a ccm grad and he has a choir master gospel oh choir gosh. master extraordinaire yeah and uh, he used to come visit my church um all the time and come and um we had yeah, the the greats and some of my church aunties and uncles sang in these huge choirs. So I would just be at rehearsal listening to all of this, and it would just yeah it gets just, into your it's system. A part of you. Yeah, so and for, right but from then from church, how did musical theater become like the next you know step? And- oh, it was providence because I I actually feel like it. I never would have imagined I would be doing this actually. Um, I uh, had a pretty rough first half of my younger life in Cincinnati. Um, yeah, I just bounced around from uh, like North Avondale to Walnut Hills to then in the end Mount Healthy and just like um, and you- wasn't really in circumstances like in the schools yeah. that were uh, that helped me as a, a um, trying to to explore my options as uh in the scholastic um side and there wasn't much funding and things like that so um so yeah my mother was a teacher um Uh, worked really hard single mother and just you know just tried to like make sure we got everything we needed but um and you were saying yesterday that you're one of seven children oh so like my my it's a patchwork family so my um we're three yeah. You're three. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm the eldest of the three. Of the three. Okay, and, yes. Yeah, and then I have a half-sister who's eight years older than me, and then my father remarried, and um, they don't have any kids together, but I inherited three brothers and sisters. Oh, my yeah. gosh. How yeah, fun. twins and, like, a brother that's my same age because, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's it's really, really fun when we all get together. It's it's, it's, it's great. It's best if it's loud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all of the things. Um we yeah. were we were talking about um, how Filipino and Black culture is just so similar, so similar. you know, because there's that that loud, mm-hmm. festive, like chaotic oh, yeah. um, wonderment of family oh, is just so present, and I've I've always felt connected a connection in that way. Whenever I mean, I think that a lot of Latin families oh, and absolutely. you know um, Italian families feel that way, but um, yeah, and I, I guess. The question of background that I think is really interesting is like, and I was talking to this with some other artists that I've had on the show, which is like, you know, you don't even know what your path is going to be. Like you said, you were singing in church and were there people that just kind of, I mean, revealed, like, was there a mentor or somebody on the way that was like, hey, this is what you should do that kind of felt like God put them in your path in yeah. a certain time that you were open or so there's two a show you saw? Yeah, there's two specific moments. So 
I don't remember this, but my godmother said when I was uh, two, she wanted to put me in the children's choir at church. And she took me to the pastor and she was like, listen, she sings. Because I was always at rehearsals with my mom and my godmother. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and she was like, okay, let's see. And she said she put me on the organ and she was like, I need you to sing this song. And I sang every lyric word for word and I wasn't screaming you know how sometimes like little kids scream it out like it was like no it was I was singing and so she's like yeah you can put her in the church choir and so I was the littlest one oh my god (laughs) she reminds me of Tina in the movie when she was that little kid was just like I was always singing and um yeah and so I um was Long story short, teacher? my parents oh, yeah. uh, split and I moved to Texas. And when I moved to Texas, I enrolled in choir. And um, my uh, middle school best friend, like, she she uh, showed me to the choir teacher and I started singing. It was like my second day. Yeah. And, um, and I sang something and he immediately was like, we need to change your schedule. So he moved me to advanced choir because he's just like, yeah, because I was just in like the general choir at <laughs> okay. the beginning. Because he's okay. like, who's this little girl? Oh, nice. Yeah. Then he moved me to advanced choir and was like, then I started learning. Um, I started studying classically, uh, classic, classical choral music. And that year he enter- entered me. This is seventh grade. That year he entered me into a competition for a national choir and oh. a society he was a part of, Oak. Um, and I was uh, selected to join the children's national choir in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I performed at the hall there. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, over spring break, my mom, my brother, my sister, and one of her best friends at the time drove like three days from Texas to Minnesota. Oh my god! So we could, uh, just so so I could go do it. And so I sang in this choir and. It was really great, and yeah, I just kept doing that, and then... Um, and it kind of sparks in you, like, oh, like, someone believes in me, like, oh, yeah. this is really special to be chosen, and it starts to get you Absolutely. moving in that direction. Yeah, and I started doing competitions and things like that, and I just had uh, way more opportunities in Houston than I had in Cincinnati at the time, and so that was very special, and... Um, one of my friends from choir was also in theater um, uh, when I moved to high school. So I kept doing all of that stuff. I was very active, student council, yeah. uh, athletics. I was on the basketball team. I was on the track team. Oh, my Cross gosh. country. I did, like, everything. And um, and one of my friends from choir was sent by the theater teacher to come get me because she had seen me win the talent show. Oh, my god! And she god. was like oh my gosh, we need her for the musical next year. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I guess I'll audition. So I auditioned. And at that time, I had to choose between my championship-bound basketball team. Oh my and, gosh. <laughs> and the musical. So it was like very dramatic in my like yeah, preteen angst. Like, yeah, <laughs> so it's like, oh my God. I'm gonna, I was, yeah, totally. yeah, I was 14 at the time. So it was the biggest oh, thing in the world. So, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, the oh my God. I played with, with these girls. Yeah. I was 11, oh, you know, right. and, and we like, were really good. You can't leave you can't, the team. Yeah, exactly. Oh and my God. My mom goes to me, she goes, 
Christina, you've been singing since you were two. I want to see you in a musical before you graduate. I just got chills from yeah. that. <laughs> that was so sweet. Because think about what that really means right now as we sit here mm-hmm. and you were just did your West End debut. Like mm-hmm. when you really think about that mm-hmm. little story. That moment. Yeah. A moment can change everything. Oh my God, um, that is so beautiful. Yeah. Like, and so, what was the musical? It was Subsicle the Musical, and I oh played the Sour gosh. Kangaroo, and it was so great. And that year, we were nominated for a high school version of the Tonys, the Tommy Toon Awards. Yeah. Because um, Tommy Toon's from Houston. There's like, I don't know if you know about the Jimmy Awards. I've heard something Yeah, they're about like this. an international, yes. it's like an international Tonys, and the Jimmys are like the national the level of the, of the, um, of the regional level. So like okay. every city. So in Dallas, they have the Betty Buckley Award. Okay. So they have like famous people from every single city. Yeah. They sponsor an award show. So it was a huge thing. So we got nominated for Best Musical and we did my number. And the Houston Philharmonic played. For, like it's just yeah. like a event. It's like yeah. a thing. It's Texas. It's big. So um, <laughs> everything's big. Everything's big and not, <laughs> wow. Um, and... Um, and so I remember right before I went on stage, my uh, one of my like middle school, high school best friends, he was like, "Hey, love, I thought I know you. I bet you probably never thought you'd make it, but here you are. Look, you're on this stage." And went out on stage, and I literally had an out of body experience because I just, I it was like I felt the orchestra in my bones. I can't really explain it. No, I understand. Um, yeah, and I was like outside of my body, but in it. Yeah. Um and. I just remember whispering in my soul in that place, like, God, I don't want to do anything else with this. Yeah. And then I just, once I realized that I could do more, I was like, oh, oh well, how do I, how do, how do, do I do more? these competitions? And my theater teachers really supported me with, like, getting people to sponsor things and getting me to go to these competitions and um, competing and then qualifying um, on the on the state level, the regional level, the state level, and then the um international level and yeah and I was just able to and you sound it sounds like you're very driven in that once you realized yeah that. I just loved it so much and I wanted to learn and I and I went to the international thespian festival and we were selected to be on the main stage that year doing wow. pirates of penzance oh my god yeah and show. oh my gosh it's so great and we got to work with someone from the gilbert and sullivan society it was like a part of the package like if you right. got the licensing yeah you had to have someone from the gilbert and sullivan society yeah. help along the process and our high school actually went to the french festival that year i didn't go to the french festival right. but i went to the international thespian festival and that was a blast um and then uh in that process you get to see even if you're not on that level you get to see oh yeah they have days where you audition for universities yeah in america there's the competitions best solo act best um best solo musical performance male or female and then they had best duet musical they had best group musical number and so was your mind just being blown because if you didn't because there's some kids who like from an early age it's like annie yeah and all this and since you started mm-hmm. not late but like it wasn't like your total focus you were a basketball oh, player all yeah. these was your mind just like going oh my god all these musicals oh my god like yeah. so much repertoire i can get into and were you just all kind the of, dance classes all the acting classes i just tried to I just tried to be like a sponge and take it all in. Yeah. And I realized um, when I got into things that I was, 
I would say pretty behind. I mean, in America, people start as a fetus learning yeah, things. It's totally. incredible. Yeah, like, totally. You know, it's like there's no chill when it comes to us in yeah. that regard. Um, but but I realized I was a little bit behind in certain areas because I just didn't have the the privilege of of training having early. training yeah. since I was two. Um, yeah, I mean, who does? Who, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, some people I mean, the, do, yeah, but. It, the, it's a whole thing. Yeah, and it's yeah. very expensive. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, I tried to do the best I could to get things to a certain level in that regard. Going to fine arts summer camp, my theater teacher also had a choreographer come by and teach us lessons. Monroe Moore, that was, he really changed my life as well. And. Yeah, just trying to, and he would invite me to class. He'd be like, oh, I'm going here, I'm going here. Yeah. You know, and just like. I'm, I mean, it's so me. interesting. So the one of the young artists who was here, Maria, that we were mm-hmm. talking about, it was, we were talking about money last night mm-hmm. and about how lessons are expensive, et cetera. And mm-hmm. we're sitting with Dory and I said, um, <laughs> I said, honey, you it doesn't take money the way you think it does because I know that if any young person mm-hmm. and and I want your opinion on this too but mm-hmm. if any young person came to me and said I can't afford voice lessons mm-hmm. I can't I but I am so passionate. so passionate mm-hmm. please I will do whatever it takes would you please teach me for free and I promise you if I I, I will do all the work and I will work my ass off to do this. Yeah. I would teach them for free. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I wish that young people um, had the courage to know this because I mm-hmm. just feel like sometimes, you know, their parents say no mm-hmm. and they don't look for the avenue that yeah. would support them by just asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And as well, I think it's our responsibility as people that are in the, that are able to give the knowledge that we have to young people who are trying to get into these businesses and to get and to do what we do um that we're generous as well because we're here because of because someone else was generous I mean most of the arts I I mean if to most people in the arts come from a certain background like I was not the normal yeah in it's a privilege it's a privilege to to pursue a career in the arts, um, which is just wild to me as well. It is um, wild, especially uh, in the States, because we're yeah. just not supported. I yeah. mean, you really have to have a family that That has you. the money to just, you know, supply the tutus, the the, the, the tuition, the shoes, the... Voice lessons. Voice lessons. The acting classes. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, everything and, costs money, and, you know, it's... it's uh, it's the machine. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And no. I understand, you know, reciprocity and also, you know, teaching people the value of um, of hard work and reward. Right. That is imperative. Yeah. Um, to learn. But also there shouldn't be such a discrepancy, like, and there yeah. shouldn't be such a gap that... Um, because I feel like the industry suffers because mm-hmm. there's people we don't give opportunities to exactly. to infiltrate um, infiltrate the the pool uh, like yeah. to just in, infiltrate the the industry and and I think we would have such like we would have more interesting material totally more interesting creative projects if we allowed more people to come and sit at the table and that, exchange that, and that, eat. Yeah. 
Exactly. That is the issue I have about diversity Mm -hmm. is we can't complain about diversity and Mm -hmm. also not give back in those communities as women of color. Like we have to really reach out because they don't even know, like had people not introduced me to it, I wouldn't have really known the world that existed outside of of what I had at school in my elementary years, mm-hmm. but somebody introduced me also to choir, and yes. then somebody else introduced me to musicals, and and it takes us, like you said. I mean, yeah. I hope that, and and I mean, and to connect this to people who are not artists yeah. who are listening, mm-hmm. it's true in every industry. Absolutely, like you know, looking for that mentor, looking yes. for that path, and then mm-hmm. once you're in that position, giving back, giving back. It's all about that. Otherwise heard this great adage you become like a dead sea and nothing runs in or out of you yeah totally you know it's like totally. you, you're not a tributary you just are stagnant yeah stagnant water and that's it that's it exactly mm-hmm. nothing can flow to you or from you and i mean and it's being open to those mm-hmm. opportunities and those messages which yeah. brings me to how I met you here in yeah. austria <laughs> how did you end up in germany like what what was that transition yeah so one of my professors, he just really believes in his students. And yeah. he I've seen him go to the biggest, the big wigs in New York, look them in the eye and say, my kids are the best in the nation and you need to see them. Oh, like wow. that's just the type of advocacy. Could he be my he agent? Like, I know, right? He's just <laughs> so good. And um, and I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he did with Ralph. Uh, um Ralf Schiedler, who's the um, head of casting and stage entertainment in Germany. Um, he met him through a, a, a mutual friend, Kim Moak, who started the stage school in, in, um, in Hamburg, Germany. And right. he just, um, yeah, he just was like, you, would, you need to come to my school and, you know, see what the talent is like yeah. at the university. And he invited him over, some members from the musical and musical theater and opera guild yeah. raised funds to fly him over so he could wow. come and see our production of Rent my senior year. Wow. And in between classes and performing the show we did auditions with him oh my god and so i think it was between a double show day as well in our break we we fit in a round of of auditions it was so crazy we um did our audition cuts for him he sent things uh, he took footage and sent things back to germany uh to the uh, producers and production staff there and then they gave an invitation to a few people who they thought would fit into their roster after that. And you spoke no German before this. No German. I mean, I'm classically trained, so I did some arias. Yeah, yeah. Some choral pieces that were in German. But the day-to-day, absolute, like the context, I mean. That classical thing helped me too, though, coming here, because mm -hmm. I had it already in terms Mm -hmm. of phonetics. That part, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, And gosh, we could go on and on about why it's important to also do classical music if you're in any field, in my opinion. Jazz Mm -hmm. and classical, such a core but that so then what was there was there a first show that brought you over I did Dirty Dancing uh, in 2011 um, right after I graduated uh, college at the University of Oklahoma yeah and you came straight over yeah oh my gosh uh, me um, 
so the the company uh, extended an invitation to four of us to come, two girls and two guys. And um, right after graduation, we flew over. I almost didn't go because I didn't have the money. Wow. Uh, so the guild raised a certain amount of money for the flights, but I had to provide like my food money and things like that. Wow. And I um, and I almost didn't go. And my professor was like, "I just feel like, I I feel like I mm-hmm. I can't say no. I can't say I can't tell Ralph that you're not coming. And I don't know why, but you is there you have to find some way to come? And I prayed and I called a family friend and I like thought okay I should call the, I I should call this family friend and I did and she was like okay meet me at Wells Fargo here at <gasps> three o'clock and I'll give the you the euros like just um yeah and I got the money and I came over did the auditions and ended up getting this job with Dirty Dancing and that so was very they, special. So it was Dirty Dancing didn't bring you over. It was like taking a chance on yourself to come because it was an opportunity to audition for stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's scary, too. Because yeah, yeah. it's like, well, but what if I don't? But, I mean, mm-hmm. betting on yourself is the best bet you could ever make. And yeah. I think that's so beautiful that that professor pushed you a little bit mm-hmm. to, you know, look beyond. Um, and that is also, I just wish people understood you know, just how hard it is as an artist. I mean, I guess people do in theory, mm-hmm. but that money thing is just, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard because mm-hmm. even when you do get a big job, mm-hmm. you're still worried about the next Absolutely. and the next and the next. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my story has always been about uh, supernatural provision because even when I, when I graduated high school, there was no way I was going to be able to afford twenty eight thousand dollars of tuition a year. Yeah. But I worked. I, I um, was a recipient of the Bill and Melinda Gates Millennium Scholarship. Wow. And I could have studied around the nation in any any discipline, and, and they would have funded my education through my doctorate. Um, but yeah, I mean, that otherwise I would not have been able to to go to 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 school <laughs> in that way um yeah. but yeah i um yeah because at the end of the day you're like oh a hundred something thousand at the end of my education like i'll be spending my whole life paying that off exactly. you know if and especially being an actor that absolutely was, that was what my um my mom was so worried about me mm-hmm. leaving school because I mm-hmm. also had a full ride. And mm-hmm. I was also thinking, though, like if I I mean, to leave school knowing you're going to have if you were going to have debt mm-hmm. for a profession that has zero guarantees, like you're mm-hmm. not going to be a doctor where, you know, you're going to make mm-hmm. that med school money back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like really just about the passion and understanding that mm-hmm. you have a higher purpose for what you're bringing into the world a calling Mm -hmm. yeah which I think sounds like I mean not sounds like I know well I know Mm -hmm. you so I know Mm -hmm. in a through line in your life is faith and but I want to get to the Tina stuff because that is a faith thing I mean you had so many stories yesterday Mm -hmm. that just fascinated me Mm -hmm. about and um you know it's it's one thing to be cast as somebody who really exists in real life, oh, you know, yeah. who is still alive, yeah. you know, when you were cast, yeah. who chose you, Miss yeah. um, Tina Turner, I mean, no less, like, we are all fans, and <laughs> I'm sure, were you a fan your whole life of her work? I admired it, but I became more of a fan when I 
when I got to know her and when I delved more into her story. That, that was that that's story. what I mean. That's mm-hmm. that. So that commitment to your craft mm-hmm. and to honoring this incredible artist, yeah. your commitment to that um, as an actor and as an artist and as a human being, mm-hmm. um, that just, I mean, obviously you're very well educated in being a thespian, if you will, oh, like, yeah. you know, so that helps. But also, mm-hmm. was there pressure for you to do it in a certain way because you did know her and you... Um, or or was that just part of the job, you know, in your mind's eye? Oh, I definitely had a great respect for <laughs> to, um, for the role. And also because you're playing a living legend. Yeah. Um, there are going to be people in the audience that have seen her live. There are oh, people right. still alive that know her and know the story that mm-hmm. will be playing, will be looking and, and watching, watching every move. And also... It was the second production after the world premiere before oh Broadway. God. Yes. So everyone was watching it actually. It was yeah. like, what's going to happen here and how is it going to be they're set up for Broadway? They're still yeah. working stuff out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they're trying to do as much as they can in this space so that then when it gets to Broadway, like, it yeah, really set. is a, yeah. a crowd pleaser and a really big hit. And, and so I did feel the pressure, and I did. Um, were they changing things kind of daily? Because I daily. remember from Hunchback, it was yeah. like that. They were when we we're working out the show. It was like, oh my god, today it's, it's like a whole song. different. Yeah. yeah, it's like got the song. Yeah. How many songs? Twenty four numbers from beginning to finish. I mean, yeah, twenty four numbers. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know how insane that <laughs> is hours. for any human being yeah. to do eight shows a week? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, how do you prepare for 24 numbers? Are you, like, lying down until you actually get into the theater? I mean, yeah. what do you... That was how it was. I was very much like um yeah, I say I was a nun. I was just a... I just consecrated my life to the show. I just gave my life to the show. Um, so I was initially doing six shows a week, which, uh, and your meant I was in the theater every day. Yeah. So my alternate would do the other two shows. Um, but even then that was a lot for the body because I only had one day to recuperate and to rest. Okay. And if you're going to do that sustainably over time, um, I mean, yeah, you just have to have, you have to have a way of making the space to, Uh, allow the body to heal and also um there hasn't been a show that's been written that has demanded so much on the main player in musical theater ever i think the role is unprecedented male or female female, yeah Yeah. and i mean because uh, for people who haven't seen the show like it's not just that it's 24 singing numbers and a couple of ballads and mm-hmm. then some big numbers they're all huge they're numbers. huge yeah. and the physically you're dancing i mean we all know tina turner and this is who you were i mean yeah. she it was the dancing it was and she you know in real life was mm-hmm. from the, her head to her toe even in her later years mm-hmm. was very physical as a performer absolutely and also telling the story of her um, physically and emotionally abusive first marriage. Um, oh gosh! Uh, so for sixteen years, she was in this 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 thing that she couldn't get out of. Um, and you have we showed all of that. 
was wow. showed all of that. I was not only doing 24 numbers, but I was also telling the story of a of a woman who came from an abusive home growing up, uh, a home that was, uh, and, and parents that were sharecroppers, an extension of American slavery. Oh my un- God. Into the, the, into the 60s and 70s. Um, and, and um, yeah, uh, so her parents were sharecroppers and, um, and, and yeah, and then her, her battling with, not really being um, accepted by her mother and loved by her mother and that thing and her father leaving and and, and taking being put in from all family member to yeah. family member and then you get a chance to, to sing and in that time women weren't really anything they weren't allowed to do anything unless they were married anyway yeah um, it's a different generation so you get married and you go off and you and she gets to to live her dream and she's already been exceptional and she's just a charismatic and 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 talented individual from birth yeah. you know so yeah. she just is larger than her surroundings yeah uh her whole life and gets the chance to take a chance on her dreams and finds this guy that that also has big dreams as well and, and you're and speaking that, of Ike yeah Turner. exactly yeah, okay. you know and that yeah that gives you the opportunity to do that and just yeah just the 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 uh, the tug the tug of that the the pull and tug of that is just like so but I mean it's not just that you're doing it you know how there are some musical reviews no, this is not a musical uh, review this is your actual life so it's a play with music that's how they wanted music, it to be and, which is insane because yeah. twenty four numbers feels like it's very music centric but really it's not it's story driven yeah because we we used a lot of her music to tell the story oh. and it's so interesting because. A lot of her music fits with her life story, and even when she watched it, she was like, "Wow, it's like I live." You know, it's like yeah. you. She lived her music through her yeah. her life. It was so beautifully written. Um, Is there one number Katori Hall or one or or more numbers that that felt like you were taking all of that pain that she went through and everything that felt like the pivotal moment of release or or of redemption or was there a moment in the show that you felt like represented the 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 tina that you know that encompassed all the pain Mm -hmm. and then created the The, glory yeah that's definitely one thing she's always said she took poison and turned it into medicine that's a, a part of her belief system and 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 you know um uh, there's there's three different moments. There's one uh, River Deep Mountain High, um, which was incredible. It was the first time she worked with a producer that wasn't Ike, so it's Phil, Phil Spector, and um. Um, and that was amazing. And we tried to capture that in the show, and it was the first time someone was like, "I want to hear what you have to give," like. And it was just a moment of her really finding her voice and letting it soar above mm. everything. And and um, as an actor, were you just like, yeah, no. yeah? And we have that on the stage. It's one of the only numbers where she's just standing there and singing. Oh, and God. there's just a spotlight, and it's just it's so powerful. Um, and the line before the song, um, Phil Spector in our show says, uh, "I want you to sing." 
uh, as if you're singing to the God in yourself. Do you know how that feels? And uh, my line was, as a matter of fact, I do. And then I would turn around and he's like, from the top. Uh, and one, two, three. And then it goes into it. And it's just like this, as the song goes, it it just really is a, a like, picture of her blooming and and becoming free and and also um i think she also said it was a point where she realized oh i can actually do this outside of ike, ike but yeah. i promised i would never leave so i won't you know oh my she God. gave me that promise but yeah and then also at the end of act one it's where she leaves ike and it's a famous um it actually it's actually happened um she left and then crossed a freeway to get away from the hotel while he was sleeping <gasps> bloody because he had just had an altercation it was the first time she fought back wow. and um so they both got they both look bad <laughs> but she, she's strong yeah too. and yeah. she ran across that freeway to a, a, a roadside um motel and um, she has this monologue. I had this monologue where I was like, hi, my name is Tina Turner. I only have 36 cents to my name because that's all she had, 36 cents and a gas card. Oh that's all God. she had because he controlled all of her money as well. She wow. didn't get any money. Oh, my God. Um, and, and he had in the intellectual property of her name as well. He did? He owned her name. He owned her name. Um, yeah, so that was... Um, yeah, but she says that. She's like, I promise you, I'll pay you back. Just please let me stay here. Please, please, please. And she's bloody. Yeah, and she's bloody. And, and you know, I don't want to give away too much. But after the moment, she, she has that moment on stage. And it's it's so powerful, actually. I think it's already written about in an article. So I'm just going to say what it is. Yeah, say, say. Um, So I do the monologue. And then I'm waiting for the... And the hotel... Um, the... Um, the night attendant at the motel oh, yeah. Yeah. is the audience. There's no one else on stage. Oh, so I say the God. entire monologue to the audience. Like, like we're the hotel owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the oh hotel owner. I'm like crying, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, listening to this. It's like, I, oh. I, yeah, hi. And you just, you're so broken. And so, like, you just see her through oh. her. And she's waiting for the answer. And from my hand, a hotel key would appear. <gasps> oh. And I say, Thank you. Thank you for your kindness. Like and you just I, thought you yeah, had a way to make yeah, it. The key, oh my God, I'm The crying. key is just yeah. like the key to our future. And 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 then I sing, I don't want to fight no more. <sighs> I don't care as wrong or right. I don't really want to fight no more. Oh. And then in the end of the number, I go into prayer and and I hear the audience calling my name and our music supervisor was telling me when he... Um, did the uh, orchestrations with our orchestrator um he uh he said yeah it was meant to to symbolize her going into prayer and she doesn't leave with anything but her name which is what she actually did and somehow she heard her future was in owning her name and having her name and then yeah and it's just like she's going into prayer and all she hears is her name so how powerful is that Uh. knowing what you're called like yeah. from outside of anything that anyone else calls you but to be centered in your name and to know that I am who I am 
and I will have this future. And somehow she heard her future in that prayer and continued to move forward in Act Two. And or it drove her. It towards. drove her forward, and in Act Two, you see her uh, in Vegas where she's performing. Um, but also being a cleaning lady because no one would touch her in the record business. Are you kidding? She yeah. did that? Yeah, she was a cleaning lady and performing in uh, Vegas on the Strip every night. Oh, my God, I had yeah. no idea. She did that at the same time because because she left Ike, she had to pay all of the promoters from the tour that she was on because oh they lost God. all the money um, from the shows. And so he he had the power to pay everything. but Of course he didn't. But... Uh, yeah, but he didn't pay it, and she ended up having to pay it. Oh, my and, uh, God. Yeah, it was just, it's, it's so powerful. So we show all of that. We show her, you it's know, so having to go. It's way. like, like, yeah, and, and that, and for instance, that song is is told with Private Dancer. Oh. And she's like, look, what do you want? I'll dance for you. I'll be whatever you need. I, just give me a chance. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. And um, at the end... Uh, yeah, so that's a really powerful moment. And then at the end, I love it, uh, before the best, uh, after she's found her love, Avin Bach, um, she sings that song to, to, to him. And it's after uh, the point of her mother's death in the show. And, um, and she allows love in. Oh she allows gosh. herself to be loved because she's been strong for so long and has had to be strong for so long. And... And it's so hard to yeah. be vulnerable yes. when you needed to protect yourself. Yes, and he just wanted to love her, and she lets it in, and then that leads into that triumphant moment that we have at the end of the show with her in Brazil, where she broke the Guinness World Record for um, most people attending a concert, and oh my so God. that's the end of the show, and then we go into the huge mega mix at the end. But but that's how we end the show. It's like she's taken and from the cotton fields to to the chitlin circuit to yeah <laughs> to touring with the rolling stones to vegas to being a cleaning lady to knocking on record executives doors and trying to fight for herself and uh i mean yeah it's yeah, so, there's so yeah. i have more questions about that yeah. but i would just want to ask you yeah. personally christina like what telling that story like learning about this woman's life obviously as an actor you kind of think of your own life etc but what changed you what what how did this role or doing this story change or, or did it change anything in you and how you saw life oh my and yourself as a performer oh my goodness so um tina was the first show where i i felt seen um, as a black woman and a woman that comes from the circumstances that I come from, oh, going wow. into this going into this business coming from from the things that I know and the things that I've seen, you always you always feel behind because when you go to school with heiresses and people that have been doing this since you were since they were children, you always feel like you have something to prove and. People are preferential in their treatment to others, um, and and I I always felt like I was never enough, or I had to be something else to to succeed in this business. And Tina was the first show where I felt like my past 
uh, wasn't a badge of shame, but a badge of honor to carry. Oh my God, you're um, telling me right now. It was beautiful. where I felt like, man, everything that I know and the, what I've experienced was like God, like showing me it. Yeah, and I don't mean and 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 people felt it. They didn't know where it came from. They were like, I don't understand how you can do that every night. And I just say it's because I know. Yeah. I it's not this. I didn't. I wasn't a sharecropper, but I knew what it was to be a young kid in government housing. Or, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I know what it is to to struggle to struggle. And at, it was at, like at, at, <laughs> yeah. innocent age, not in an innocent a, age. Yeah. yeah, it's just like and I and um. But yeah, just what you just said yeah, felt about, obscene, yeah. mm-hmm. about that, that there were no roles like that, mm-hmm. you know, that you got to be seen as a woman, a as a human woman, a as human. a human, and that your story actually fed it, whereas so mm-hmm. many stories that we see in musical theater don't feel very relatable. Mm-hmm. I can say that, too, as an Asian woman, yeah, I don't oh my feel God, yeah. seen in that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got to play parts that fit yes that that part but not the whole of the my whole of womanly being to. you know oh, as, yeah. as that experience that is so powerful yeah do you feel that tina saw that in you i mean if you're like to guess what she saw in you do you think that she understood that you knew that i mean is there a she said something there? so powerful at the beginning she clocked something in me because when i met her it was my birthday and i was just so excited to be there and just so grateful and uh, we hit it off. It was like meeting an auntie. I was just like, hey! You know? <laughs> uh, it was so freaking cool. And I um, I asked her, because she took over the interview. Like, I was supposed to ask her questions. And she just wanted to know everything about me. Oh which was just so God. sweet. She's like, where did you grow up? How did you learn German? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. how do you... Like, she just wanted to know so much about me and... and, and so and it just was so wonderful to speak with her and and um and I asked her, I said, you know, I am playing the role, you know, so what what would be some of your advice? And um she gave me a bit a few bits of advice and then she said one thing to me. She looked at me and she said, Christina, if you don't like something, say it. Whoa. She's like, You're the only person that's gonna have to do what you do as often as you do it, and you're the only one that's gonna do it how you do it. Um, from the costumes to the numbers to everything. She was like, if you don't like something, say it. Because when you come from humble circumstances, you're just happy to be there. You don't have the, you don't have the, 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 um... I guess the, the, like the, yeah, the, the confidence, the confidence to just be like, oh, this is my right to yeah. be here. Yeah. You're just like, it comes with the story that you're humble. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I don't understand why I'm here, but I'm really gl- grateful and glad for this opportunity. And it can sometimes make you cower in the presence of an opportunity that you're given because yeah. it seems so grand compared to what you know. Yeah. Um, uh, which is why I do feel like a lot of people would rather stay hidden because once you do decide to take that leap, it can be very isolating and it does mean you have to pull away from the things and sometimes the people and the environments that you know to pursue your calling and to totally. pursue what you're supposed to do. And so um, it is sometimes easier just to stay hidden and to just 
want to fit in ordinarily when you're called to be extraordinary. And I mean that in the context of every single one of our lives, because I believe every person is called to live an extraordinary life in their context. But it's so easy to to cower and to cower in the in the presence of an opportunity. And uh, because we're afraid that part. And and so I I really I think she clocked that in me. Yeah. From jump. Like, I just think she clocked that in me. Um, like, don't be afraid. That speak. Yes, speak. And I realize on this journey, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm actually scared of the sound of my voice. Wow. I'm scared of, of speaking my truth. I'm scared of, of saying no because I don't feel like I have the right to say no because things that I've been given yeah. are gifts. You know, it's yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You... Um, yeah, but two things can also be true. I can be grateful and set boundaries. Totally. And this show, because of the demand that it took on my body, on my psyche, on everything, you had to. I had to set clear boundaries. I literally came to the end of myself. I ended up in the hospital during rehearsals. Like it's, it's like Whoa. one of those things to where you're just like, you can't. I you I can yourself do it. I can it. push through. I can, you know, I can be everything for everybody. And I wasn't looking after myself, right? you know, um, and I felt like I had something to prove and I wanted to prove something because it was my first huge, huge role. Yeah. You know, I covered and I had been down to the end of auditions and never been the choice. And, yeah. you know, it's always been that. And I wanted to really prove to myself and to other people that it wasn't a mistake that I was standing there because I believed in myself, but never got the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And... And now I've gotten it and I'm like, okay, let's do it. And I had the show demanded that I set some clear boundaries because it wasn't possible for me to perform at the Herculean level, (laughs) the Olympian level that of of what was required um, of me to to perform with too much extra burden on my back. And so. I I think what this entire experience has been is was a lesson in me uh, not being afraid of my voice and knowing it's okay to advocate for myself and to mm. know that being true to myself, even if it does close doors for me, is not a mistake. Oh, um, I love that. You know, it, it I no longer betraying myself and mm. and throwing myself away and Ugh. thinking it's a noble thing it's like no martyr girls are ready oh the martyr yeah because you know what if anything happens to you the show goes on it, oh my god it gosh. goes on it does the train they, goes on and they're just like oh well then we have to find another girl oh, and, yeah. and they're, and they're just the like my, my vocal cords are like lying there oh, yeah. damaged for the rest of my life and yet my, the show yeah. just goes on oh, I, yeah. I you know i've seen that happen to people and mm-hmm. And it's a universal truth. It's one that, I mean, you know, I can only speak as a woman mm-hmm. and a woman of color and mm-hmm. in this industry. Exactly, yeah. But I would just say we so often, like, you know, uh, cower and, and, and become smaller, yes. thinking that that is the more noble path, mm-hmm. that thinking that that shows gratitude, thinking that, that um, the humble path is the way. And, and because people are threatened by our presence in those environments, yes. right? If we right. say anything, a person who doesn't look like us may get the 
the opportunity to say the same thing, but yep. for some reason the the mask disarms a person in a different way than it would with us. Totally. And mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I know people will be like, is that really true? It is. It, it is. just is. It is. But trust us, we've yeah. lived it. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember for myself, like that same thing, I didn't set clear boundaries I didn't uh, mm. when I was young yeah. I also in the West End yeah. and that's going to be on another pod <laughs> I ended up the only way I could give myself permission mm-hmm. to rest mm-hmm. and to take a break mm-hmm. and to advocate for myself mm-hmm. was to force myself to be ill yeah. in order to mm-hmm. just say okay now I get to go home and, mm-hmm. and rest now mm-hmm. I get to ho- go home and, and, and quit for a while mm-hmm. where I could have just done that because I needed it because yeah. I had been working too long and, and I was just talking to Adriana about this mm-hmm. yesterday about how it's so weird that rather than just say the words yeah. you force your body into the hospital or you force yeah. your body into it. it's like oh my god like two months ago i could have just said hey yeah. that's enough and i was doing electroshock therapy to get through the shows oh my god like i was Christina. like shocking my ligaments and my bones to like be able to perform at night i mean yeah that is so crazy, yeah, yeah. A, but I totally understand because <laughs> like, I, I don't think to... I would have done anything different than that. Mm-hmm. You would do anything yeah. to get out there. I was just have had the interview with Chad mm-hmm. um, that I told you about, and mm-hmm. he would, same thing. He's like, you don't want to disappoint anyone. Mm-hmm. You also, as much as you love your your colleagues who are also playing the role, Absolutely. you also are still like, but it's mine, yeah, you know. And you and there's you help all... create the baby, right? Oh, it's gosh. like it's a, you feel um. A responsibility, yeah, to carry that story, to carry right? it, mm-hmm. and also the fact that you went from doing the whole show in German, then switching to English. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, your mindset was it easier in the West End than the German production, like because you already knew kind of the role, or was it a totally different show? It was a different show because it was the Broadway show that they had frozen. Oh, so right. that was good. I and I had. I had two rehearsals, two texts, and then I was on stage. Are you kidding? No. And my brain was so confused because my brain was like, my brain didn't know if the text that I was saying was the back translation of the German in my mind or the actual (gasps) written line on the page. So I would study my lines and then I'd be like, wait a minute. I don't like, I would blank when I got on stage. Because it was the same but different setting and different totally. order, but a new environment. Totally. And, and so you I was had just like, pilot from the other, yeah, and not totally, yeah, but I get but it. But just yeah. the things that I knew uh, yeah. from the production that I had been doing for on and off three years, and so with the pandemic included, so um, there was that. There was also uh, the cast had already been rehearsed. Oh my gosh. And I and everyone was there for my rehearsals. It was like tech, technicians, oh my cast, crew, all watching. Everybody was there. My yeah. costumes weren't even finished. Like, oh but my I was gosh. like, you know, like my first few shows, I was playing with costumes from the old productions. Oh my god! Because the costume designer didn't get the chance to like. It was yeah. a, such a quick turnaround, you know. And um, yeah, but uh, it was, it was. It was difficult the first few shows, but I, but I had, I guess what I had experienced before just made me, I was like, well, it can't be worse than like 
that you know yeah, just yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't totally. know I just felt like I've been through so much like having panic attacks before the show and like you know just I all the so stuff. much all of the things I was like I've kind of done this before and yeah. it can't be any worse and it already has been yeah yeah, yeah. so I'm just gonna do, do it. it and I just went into like like tunnel vision like it was incredible and it was also the grace of god because i was just like i mean yeah what got you through what kept you going and not quitting or not you know after being in the hospital after having panic attacks and then going into the like what was the driving force that was your through line i think knowing that i was supposed to be there uh there were things put into place, I believe, before I was born that allowed me to have that opportunity. It's so crazy because before I went to the audition, I mean, I don't want to be sound spooky, but I got a prophetic yeah. word that I would get the job before I got it Whoa. from someone that didn't even know me. Oh, you mean somebody came and told somebody me? told me I was going to get the job what? before my final callback. So I went, I went to like a spiritual retreat because um, before the final callback. I was so burnt out. <laughs> like, I was just yeah. like, oh my gosh. I've learned all this stuff. I've and... done all of this stuff. And, I was, and they were like, yeah, the finals are during this week. But I was like, it's during my vacation and I really need to rest for my soul. And they're like, but please, could you come? You know, and so I made it work out and I cut my vacation a little bit. But I had gone to um, a conference and I ended up sitting behind this like row of pastors <laughs> and the one guy he turns around to me during prayer time and he goes out of nowhere i see yeah he's like i see promotion to you uh coming to you from a king in your industry and i was like what what <laughs> and like and he it was so crazy and I one of my goosebumps. yeah That's and one of my crazy. best friends was next to me like it was she was laughing the whole time she's like this is not real this is not happening right now um and people can believe it or not, but it happened to me. So I know I that it's you. like, you know, yeah. Um, he said, um, he was like, yeah, because it's a conference. And he was yeah. like, yeah, you're not a pastor. You don't like work in the church or anything like that. But like you work in like the secular world. Oh, he, and he knew was like, nothing. He knew, I, did, I did not know this man <gasps> at all. Oh he didn't know God. I was a singer. He didn't know I was anybody. He was like, oh, yeah, uh, promotion coming to you from a king in your industry. And it's going to come through your voice. <gasps> and you don't work like in the church. You work in the secular world. And you're going to know this is from God because it comes from the world. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, can I go on that spiritual wow. retreat? That was so- it was that was so crazy. <gasps> oh, my God. And I and I have very few moments like that in my life. Like, I feel like those moments are thankfully very few far in between because otherwise be would be on the dopamine fix for the next yeah, you know, yeah, totally. thing but um but it was very wow. powerful and i was very still very skeptical as well because i was just like i've that, been to yeah. this and blah, blah 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 and i you know did the audition and got the call and i was like oh my gosh this is crazy and That's um just... but also i it, i met tina on my birthday um I had one of my premieres, like after the pandemic, on my sister's birthday. Um, they announced I would be playing Tina in front of the press on my father's birthday, what? and she got married on my mother's birthday. Dude, yeah. So I mean, they're just things like that that are just so like yeah, otherworldly. Like you can't. I couldn't have planned my mom or my father's birthday being no. the day that the press would announce that 
I would be playing Tina or that she would get married to her longtime boyfriend. You know what I'm saying? Like, like those things, when I didn't believe in myself, when I didn't know, I knew that there was something bigger than me, bigger than the naysayers, bigger than whatever around me, the people that called me, whatever they called me or compared me to other people, bigger than that. I knew I was chosen and called for that moment. Yes. And so when I would have panic attacks, I would pray. I would literally pray and go yeah. into a meditative state before the show. And I would do shows and I would come off and I wouldn't know what had happened in the show. Oh, like my I would gosh. just, but I needed that because yeah, yeah. I needed to feel safe and I needed to shut my entire brain off and just move and function. And there was a power that would just come to me and it yeah. would just flow through me. And oh, it's so, yeah. I mean, I wish, um, you know, it's, it's just not a light thing. 24 numbers plus all the scenes. It, it, it when people listen to this, I want them to know, I mean, it is more than we expect of mm-hmm. our biggest athletes mm-hmm. on an NBA team. We are team. athletes. Yeah, you they are, put, yes. They put a, um, ESPN did a thing where they put a, a tracker on a dancer at the Lion King, and she burned as many calories as somebody in the Vestmeister, the World uh, the world Championship Soccer. I believe it. And That's one why, match, I you mean, know, and not in to throw, one show. Not to throw my little sister under the bus, but it just makes me laugh because she's, I mean, you know, she's in one of the biggest bands in the yeah. world, but she does her shows and she it's, uh, it's very hard work. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. But... Um, she gets to leave her hotel room and someone picks up her luggage and she goes onto a bus or a private plane yeah. and then she and everything's taken care of. I'm yeah. like, oh, honey, you haven't done a musical because yeah. she's like, it's so hard. I'm like, mm. yeah, <laughs> it's because like, it's it's such a different beast. It's a different beast to have to do all the things yeah. and, and you know all the things surrounding oh, being yeah. in the show and not. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a whole other thing when you are the centerpiece of said musical and you're also the leader and I want to talk about leadership because you were talking about like the role you're seen and you're like oh my god and I'm stepping into this and boundaries and all this stuff but Mm -hmm. one moment and again I mean it's just not a small thing that um that Tina Turner passed away during while you were doing playing her Mm -hmm. And, oh, it gets emotional, but mm-hmm. for me, but just, yeah. I saw that clip online of you, my sister, just mm-hmm. giving that speech to the audience, and mm-hmm. you were just every bit a leading lady, mm-hmm. a woman, a, mm-hmm. a voice mm-hmm. for your cast, for mm-hmm. Tina's family mm-hmm. in that moment. The mm-hmm. whole entire world was watching you mm-hmm. in this moment, knowing that you had this relationship with her. Mm-hmm waiting for you to speak Mm -hmm. because I know press was calling you for words. Mm -hmm. Was that the first moment you spoke on it at all? Or had you spoken on it to anyone publicly besides your personal conversations? Yeah, no, I was, um, it was just a request from the family that, and the producers that only the family would give official statements from her and I, because I've met her husband and her. I honored that yeah. very strictly. Like I had emails, I had calls, I had requests, I had Everybody. there were paparazzi at the stage door. It was like, and I didn't say anything because I wanted to honor. I wanted to actually honor that, you yeah. know. And and um, yeah, so on stage, um, 
Yeah, she had a whole plan. Um, uh, When she she passed, eventually. Oh, Um, she didn't know she was there. Yeah, but just, there were just instructions that no matter what happened, when that time did come, yeah, the wish that the show would go on, which I was going to do anyway, because I was like, she would keep going. She'd be like, girl, get up off the floor crying. <laughs> and you get on that stage and do your thing. Yeah, totally. You know? um, so I had my moment. I shed a few tears and uh, let the um, let our, the actor who plays Ike um, uh, say a speech. Um, and then I said a speech at the end before the mega mix. Right. Um, yeah, and it was just... But you just encompass this presence. Yeah, it's one of those things that like you learn in the show because no matter what, you have to keep going. And I think, um, as well, um, did you? She was like that. You just have to keep. You have to keep going no matter what happens. You, you can flip it. You can turn it. And also, she was very. She wasn't scared of passing away. She was oh, like, wow. she was like, uh, I think she said this to Oprah, and she would say this to anybody that asked her about it. She'd be like, I'm so excited to find out what it's all about. Oh, wow. She's like, when it, that time for me comes, I'm so excited because I get to know. I yeah. get to know what this life, what everything is all about. Yeah. And I know she approached that moment with such curiosity because she always, yeah. she was a curious person. I think that's why she was so revolutionary and so yeah. awesome at what she did because she also told me like let let yourself be taught by your surroundings look around see yeah. and, and take that on and take you know take what you need and you know run with it um and so mm. yeah that was and it was a part of necessity too because yeah. if I was just a blubbering mess on stage yeah it wouldn't have true. been honoring either but it Did was so nice to feel that yes, the yeah. Oh. But just to feel the love. Oh yeah. You felt the love of the adoring fans. You felt the love of the audience. You felt the love of the cast. My cast was so supportive. Like they were so supportive, and my family and my friends, they were so supportive. And they're like, yeah, just like anything you need, just let us know. Yeah. And you yeah. just, I mean, just to do that speech yeah. right there after the entire audience just saw her whole story, knowing yeah. she had passed. Yeah. I mean, what a moment. Yeah. I mean, I was crying. I was like, oh my God, my, you're just, <laughs> to do that and to hold that all together when you're grieving yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm sure you still are because mm-hmm. grief is, has waves mm-hmm. to it, you know, and mm-hmm. But that is such an honorable thing, Christina. Mm. It is so not small. Mm. I mean, I know you know that, but mm. I just want to tell you as a friend. Oh, like, thank you so much. Everything, yeah. and and uh, and just, I didn't mean to focus only on the Tina story, but it has just such universal truths oh, yeah. for such a big audience. Um, you know, the, that's what people. I said to the audience. We're all here because we found ourselves yes. in her story, and that was what she told me. She goes, "So <laughs> funny." Yeah, tell <laughs> She's like. Don't impersonate me. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> like, I was like, she's like, don't do it. She said, there'll only be one me and there'll only be one you. Um, try to find yourself in my story and tell it from there. And that was all the permission I needed. Because I asked her, I said, you know, with me uh, taking on the task of playing you every night, 
what is something you desire for me to communicate to the audience? Yeah, yeah. What do you want me to communicate? How do you want me to tell a story? Which is find yourself in my story. Don't impersonate me. Don't imitate me. Just tell the story. Oh find find yourself within my story. And and I and and she also told me she sang the songs differently. She sang them how she was feeling them on the day. And I think that's as well. Like maybe she would sing, "Be tender, be tender with me," on one day, a, a differently as she would the next day, um, because of how she was feeling, because of right. what happened. She took her cues from her life, and I think that's what makes as well her music so relatable because, because we all know what it is to be happy and sad and exactly. doubting and, and. Did that give you permission then to be more you Absolutely, in the role? Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, mean, there are things yeah. you have to honor, right? Yeah, like yeah, we're doing all the choreography yeah. that she and did, the little quirks, and yeah. the little quirks, but, but um, but with honor and not trying to be, because I could never be. No, no and one you could ever be. I mean, then it would come yeah. off as a caricature. And yeah, I've heard you do the music, you know, in these uh, events that we've been mm-hmm. doing and concerts, and it is so funny because you do have an essence that is so Tina in that music. But it's Christina, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, I don't feel it's mm-hmm. an imitation, mm-hmm. and I don't feel, and it feels so authentic to you that I have to remember mm-hmm. that. I mean, because I, I feel her spirit. I guess mm-hmm. is the best way of putting yeah. it. But I absolutely feel you in that, and I just, it's just amazing. I have seen on the outside looking in, you know, just from, we get, so we do these UNICEF concerts mm-hmm. and shows and we get to check in, you know, yeah. once a year, once every two years yeah. or whatever. And from eight years ago till now, I was just telling you yesterday to just see this role and many other roles that you've played yeah. to just becoming this grounded spirit you've mm-hmm. always been spiritual but this grounded woman in your industry mm-hmm. and this leader and mm-hmm. this m- mentor to the young people here mm-hmm. and it's been beautiful and I, and I'm sure you've seen changes in me too as a married woman yes <laughs> absolutely it's beautiful <laughs> but, but it is funny businesswoman you know. oh. producer oh. traveling the world sharing your voice and it's it's a journey yeah, but it's special. also when you and Adrian were like oh and it's so nice to hear you sing again I'm like thank you for it saying really yeah, is. because I really needed to hear it from you guys. Oh I'm like, gosh. oh yeah, I have to remember. It's you're a part of that. It's so. Hard. <laughs> it's not like everybody else and you. Like yeah. you here as well, girl. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is we so, always forget yeah. that though individually, right? That's why we have our community to remind us. Hopefully, if you have a good community, yeah, everybody has that. But exactly, yeah, but it, but then you have to yeah. seek it out, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. is. And so anyway, I, we have to do more than one interview. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> and I just adore yeah, you so much. I love you too. So we have some questions that every yeah. guest answers at the very end. Yes. But um, I just know everyone got so much out of this. And um, mm-hmm. before we go to those questions, though, is there any advice you would give to young people? Um, I guess in this industry or in general, but I know I speak in every industry like what people would give advice about but what you would say is is a nugget of wisdom you can pass on oh goodness that's gonna make me cry (laughs) um it sounds so cliche but you're enough oh that makes me cry yeah you know um 
this world is so full now of filters and, you know, we project, we look at other people around us and we compare ourselves and, and we, I feel like so many of us spend our time wishing we were someone else other than who we were. And all the while, uh, neglecting to see the, 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 the heritage, the, the miracle that we are who we are in this time. The grandparents, the parents, the great-grandparents, the great-great-great-grandparents that would have had to have met to even create us. Yeah. We are a legacy of wonder and a miracle personified. And I, what I desire that every young person know is that in cultivating and, and trying to learn and become better, don't forget that you're a part of it, that, that who you are is unique and there will never be another you. Mm. And that uh, and that is more than enough. And, and don't throw yourself aside mm. to be someone else. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it comes from you. It comes yes. from you, and uh, yeah, that's what I would say. You're enough, and my God. and don't forget that we do this because it's fun. Oh my God, thank you. It's fun. Yes. Yes. Like we like this. Like we all sat in our underwear in our room with our hairbrush, yeah, singing, singing, you know, <laughs> or performing stage. scenes, yeah. and like, or you know, our grandparents would make yeah. us sing. sing in front of yeah. them, or oh our aunts God. and uncles at Christmas, Story or you know, it's like everyone else, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, and and the joy that we can give people, yes. it's so special. We are so special, and um, you are so special. That's what I would say. You're special, and you're enough. I love that. <laughs> that message. Adults yeah. will need that message, okay. no matter what is. Um, okay, so the questions for every uh, for every guest, um, and they're just fire around. You don't have to elaborate on them. Uh, favorite place to live? Oh dear. Yes. Oh dear. That's a hard question. I know. I've right? lived in. I've moved over thirty times in the last twelve years. That is I've insane. Counted. So you that have a lot of choices. Absolutely insane. I really love living in Berlin. Oh, I love Berlin. Berlin's too. amazing. Oh, Berlin's so good. Berlin's incredible. For oh. the history, I'm such a history nerd. And yes, yeah. Where in Berlin do you have a neighborhood that you love? Well, I lived, I lived in, in Charlottenburg. Oh, God, that's beautiful. Yeah, we lived it's... in Kreuzberg. Oh, and nice. Was, yeah. You wouldn't even recognize it today. That's what I heard. It's so different. Oh, I gotta yeah. go back. You gotta go back. I'm thinking maybe the next UNICEF, I might come early so I can just run around. Absolutely. And do stuff, do you it. know. Um, okay, favorite food, favorite thing to eat? Anything with pasta. No oh. matter what national dish I eat, I try to find their equivalent of a pasta dish nice. or a pasta. I had someone who said dumplings. That's the same thing about dumplings that every culture has. Dumplings. Oh yeah, you have like Indian dumplings. Yeah, and, 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 and pasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah pot stickers, and you have oh and those canoodle things. Yeah, here. the canoodles those here. Are, those are also dumplings. Yeah, yeah. It's not crazy. But yeah, okay. So pasta, and how nice that you have an Italian boyfriend. Oh yeah, pasta. <laughs> Hallelujah, amen. Okay, so um, what is an extraordinary thing that you find ordinary? An extraordinary thing that I find ordinary, like within myself, 
anything. Uh, so some people said, um, you know, traveling because they do it all oh, the time. Oh, that is so, so true. Like, and what would have taken us uh, it's just months like, is now a day. Yeah. Um, and you do it so much that it's not special. Yeah, that's but, so true. That's marvelously even. mundane for me. Yeah, actually, yeah. So that's what... That's uh, my term for it. I love it. Yeah, that is the marvelous in the mundane. Yeah, that's actually exactly the the vibe for uh, that question. Like, what's a marvelously mundane <laughs> thing? Yeah. I mean, other people said performing because they do it all the time, and other people are like, "Wow, that's so amazing!" You're like, actually, it's that's so my true. Day-to-day. Stage fright is real. Like, you think yeah. people are just like, yeah, it's just normal to talk to people, and there are people that can't do. No, that, you know? exactly. Um. Yeah, what's something? I would say getting to meet people from all over the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have a family all over the world. No matter where I go, yep. there's a tante or there's a tia or yeah. an uncle or yep. a, a, yep. a, um, a mom. And it's that just I can, your normal life. It's just normal. Yeah. Or yeah. there's some anywhere in the world I actually can call home even though I don't. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I I don't live there because the people are because the of home. The, yeah, that's actually that's such a good one. That's yeah. actually true for me too. That's, yeah, that's my every day. It's not it's abnormal. Yeah, but, and yet it is for other. So, what is a um, ordinary thing that you find extraordinary? Uh, an ordinary thing that I find extraordinary: flowers. Aww. Yeah, flowers are so amazing. They're so beautiful. And plants and trees, they just they just know. They're so they know what season it is. They know yeah, how to grow to light, you know? They know yeah. how to find their way to light so that they can grow without I all love looking the... at flowers. They're so special. I and they get too. you can eat them. That's like the true. fact that we can actually eat things that grow outside. I'm like what the dump? <laughs> I know, right? Like, you're not buying it in a package. Like a tomato. Yeah. Like, you could just go to a tree. Like, and you know, and, and there it is. Or a vine, the I vine. Know. Or a lemon. That like, is a very, very... That is amazing sweet. to and me. And yet it's there every day. I'm yep. take for granted. That is such a good, oh, such a good answer. That we eat plants. Crazy. Eat, I know. We're eating life. Yeah. And it's life. <laughs> yeah. And then we're eating of the earth where the plants are. Yeah. I mean, it is. Circle of life. Okay, last question. Mm-hmm. I know you have to go. Yeah. Um, thank you for this, by no the way. Problem. My favorite question. What makes somebody a citizen of the world? Oh, my gosh. What makes somebody a citizen of the world? I think the blood running through our veins. I think that is a reminder to us all that we belong to each other. And Mm. that no matter what country you come from, no matter where you come from, there's a few blood types. And no matter where your heritage you can help share and give life to someone else or yeah i think that's a beautiful reminder that creed color doesn't matter we We all bleed and we all are able to help one another yes yeah that's blood is we all have that is so crazy that makes us we're the same on the inside yeah on the inside literally we're all the same (laughs) on the inside yeah that is so beautiful. Yeah. Christina Love, I thank you so much. <laughs> thank this, you. 
this interview was like the perfect way to end my time here in oh. Fields Moses. It's just so inspiring. Mm-hmm. You inspire so many people. Thank you. We're bringing you to the island. I'm just so you know. Hey, oh, you're going to be an I island know. girl. Oh my me. gosh, I'm going to love that you so much. You sure will. And yeah. we're going to have you sing for us and uh, out there. And I can't, I'm just in awe of you. Where can people follow you? And find you yeah you can follow me on uh instagram at christina love official and i'm working on up in my tiktok game and everything else i'm a little oh, scared yeah. of the socials but I i'm know. trying to like oh, do the things i'm scared <laughs> do the of things it too, but that, you, we're gonna yeah be but we're gonna it. get that and yeah. um yeah, Christina Love Official also on YouTube. So on YouTube also. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And when we do, we'll do TikTok when I see you next in Yay. in Hilden. We'll do a little absolutely for both Can't our wait. Come on, Citizen Sister listeners. Thank you so much. Thank y'all. <laughs> I'm Stephanie Reese. Thank you so much for listening to Citizen Sister. Find us on our website, citizensisterpodcast.com and on Instagram at citizen.sister. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It helps people find the show. Thank you so much.